Hey there, demons. It's us, you girls. Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are Goblin. Yeah, goblins. <laughs> I was going to say cryptid loving goblins. And then my brain was like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going like with goblin aficionados or something, but. <laughs> yeah, connoisseurs of goblinism. Um, two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. Hey, and today, the long awaited uh, series you didn't ask for, part three of the cryptid trilogy. Yes. Yeah, today it's like a combination of animals that should be cryptids and which cryptids could get it. But that's only if, you know, there's time and we don't like to promise <laughs> stuff, but maybe. So, <laughs> D, barreling through, what is uh, an animal that should be a cryptid on your list? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I love you so much. <laughs> This is I'm- how my brain has been working like the last three days. It's just <laughs> one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, and it's just gone off the deep end. Um, no, it's like one fish, two fish, watermelon, daikon radish. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so yeah, like I said, we're doing animals that should be cryptids that physically just should not exist or, you know, when they were created, someone was high. And I figured that the only way to start this list off is the one and only platypus. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Tell us all about the amazing platypus. So a platypus is a semi-aquatic egg-laying mammal from Australia, including Tasmania, and it is the sole living representative of its family and Guinness, though a number of related species appear in the fossil records. Basically, the platypus said, fuck all y'all, and lived past everything that it was supposed to die to, and just said, am I aquatic? Am I on land? Do I lay eggs? Am I a mammal? Who knows? (laughs) So instead of saying the majestic platypus, I should have just said the persistent platypus. Yeah, Perry, yeah. the persistent platypus. <laughs> Perry, Perry, indeed. <laughs> I never knew any of it. Like, it is such a unique mammal. Uh-huh. And I think just by that, it's so charming. Mm-hmm. And I can understand the appeal just from its physical look. Right. But wow, what uh amazing skill set. <laughs> it's like a platypus has... You know, the tail of a beaver, yeah, the body of an otter, the face of a duck, and it's fucking venomous. Is it really? Yes. Well, it's from Australia, so I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> like, everything that's toxic, sorry, Australia, lives in Australia. Oh, my God. It says that they typically live up to 17 years, at least in captivity. But yeah, no, the platypus is the single weirdest creature I think I've ever seen. I don't know. I I think there's some on my list that you're like, okay, this maybe can give uh, the platypus a run for its money. For its platybills. Oh my God. So I was was double checking myself with venom, right? Yeah, no, they produce venom. Do you want to know where their venom glands are? In their butt. On their hind legs. Why the hind legs? 
I don't know. It's not lethal to human. Let's see. Many archaic mammal groups possess similar spurs. Mm-hmm. So it's that rather than having developed this characteristic uniquely, the platypus simply inherited it from its antecedents. Wait, then if it's not toxic to humans, what is it actually toxic to or to whom? So it's it the the effects of the venom are extremely painful. It just won't kill a human. Got it. Okay, so maybe like the sting of a jellyfish. Yeah. Okay. I know sometimes they could probably see. kill people, but for the most part, if you pee on yourself, you will be just fine. That no. <laughs> that has been proven false. Oh, if for you real? Get stung, go <laughs> yes, go to the hospital. Straight to the hospital. Do not pass go or collect two hundred dollars hospital. Yeah, do time. not pee on yourself. Do not pass go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm looking and I don't it doesn't really tell me why they have it, just that they have it. Yeah, yeah. I mean the fact that it's just a thing that's always existed, like you're saying, like way, way back with its predecessors. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very fierce. You know, <laughs> deceptive. Uh hidden by the solution of being cute and like, oh, don't mind me, I'm just a platypus, but I'm gonna poison you. Yeah. Poisonous persistent yeah. peri platypus. <laughs> that should be the title of the episode. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, S. What's an animal on your list of creatures that shouldn't exist? Okay. So the first one is a shoebill. I would compare it to a dinosaur. This, it's a type of bird. Mm-hmm. Imagine like. The thin, long legs of, unlike, uh, you know, a, a stork, flamingo, crane, heron, that kind of bird, giant wingspan, mm-hmm. and they have this giant beak. And the beak, when oh. when they, like, chatter it, right, so to speak, it sounds like a machine gun going off. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's this animal is so interesting because it's kind of like a hippogriff. You know how, like, they had to bow to the hippogriffs? Yeah. So when it respects people, like when it, I don't know, it's like when it loves or respects, you know, whomever, either a, a fellow shoebill or even like caretakers, if it's, you know, uh, uh, in a zoo or some environment like that. Uh-huh. I've seen videos of it where it like bows. That is wild to yeah. me that it has that like capacity for, I respect you and like, I mean, is it? Yeah, but is it just because its face is so heavy that sometimes it has to rest its neck? <laughs> you know what? No, no, and it, it's huh. so interesting because it's very much like a modern day dinosaur. I mean, there's so many animals like mm-hmm. alligators, crocodiles, lizards. You know, all the reptilian ones. But then birds are so interesting because they said that many dinosaurs had feathers. Mm-hmm. Which is so fascinating, right? We often imagine like what we see in the artist de- depictions where it's like giant lizards more than anything as opposed to giant birds. Right. Yeah, very interesting. If you live in tropical East Africa in the swamps, then <laughs> you will see a shoebill. What other fun facts can we give? Oh, okay. Yeah, so 43 to 55 inches tall. Oh, Even God. though some can go up to be 60 inches. Are, 
Oh. Seriously? Yeah, and here's the even like more fierce part of it. The wingspan can go anywhere from 7 feet 7 inches to 8 feet 6 inches. Is that larger than an albatross's wingspan? You know what? I'm not sure. That's a really good question. And it's so funny because the weight doesn't seem that crazy. It's like 8.8 to 15.4 pounds. <laughs> How long is an albatross wingspan? I just have to know Yeah, now. yeah. Okay, no, no. So uh, albatross, for those that don't know, have a wingspan of 9.5 to 11 feet. Oh, damn. So yeah, even bigger than the shoebill. Yeah, it. they have the largest wingspan of any bird. Oh, can I just add, in addition to the bill clattering that they do, they sometimes uh-huh. give, like, what sounds like a cow-like moo or a high-pitched whine, <laughs> what? which is so fun. But, I mean, I love birds. I, I love all animals. They, I think they are endangered. That makes sense. It's vulnerable, namely, to, like, habitat destruction, disturbance, and hunting, which is so unfortunate so they are in these areas where you know conservation is trying to help yeah but yeah there's just so many more things that are contributing to the shoe bill's decline um Mm -hmm. illegal capture yeah habitat destruction degradation agriculture cultivation oh my god yeah and some indigenous communities capture them and take the eggs and the chicks for human consumption and for trade which is horrible. But yeah, the shoe bill, very majestic, very cool, very prehistoric. Please be kind to your local shoe bills. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I just, birds are so cool. And when you think about like the dinosaur aspect of things, mm-hmm. people are just, they find the bones. That's it. Right. You know, n- most of your soft tissue is is gone. And so... Like, the skeletal structure of chickens and T-Rex are basically the same. And so to think that an accurate T-Rex could literally just be a giant chicken <laughs> is the best thing that I can think of, of anything. Can you imagine if they made the, like, Jurassic Park movies or even the new ones, right? What are the new ones called? Jurass- Jurassic World. Jurassic World, yeah, thank you. And yeah. the T-Rex is more often than not, the most fiercest thing in the movie, right? That's who we'll, we all want to see. And it, right. And suddenly, you know, the anticipation is building, and all that comes in is this big chicken. <laughs> and I love chickens. I, they're like social animals. They're great. They're delightful. Okay. I, I'll, I'll tell you my next yes. one. So from – I think I'm going to save the weirdest one for last. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with the tardigrade. Get into it. Do you have you heard of water bears? No. Okay, so tardigrades or water bears or moss piglets, pick your favorite. Moss piglet. That's the one. Are <laughs> are eight-legged seg- segmented micro animals. Mm-hmm. They are first des- uh, described by a German zoologist in 1773 who called them Kleiner Wasserbar. Uh-huh. And they are <laughs> – so they're microscopic. They're teeny, 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 tiny, right? Mm-hmm. And they are ugly as hell. But the Beauty is in the eye survive. of the beholder. They can survive everything. Like, they're basically immortal almost. How so? So 
Oh, let me... Okay, so it looks like the only thing that can really kill it is an hour of exposure to water that was almost 200 degrees. Fahrenheit? Yes, Fahrenheit, sorry. Mm -hmm. That's 82.7 degrees Celsius. But I use freedom units. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) what's that the imperial system I don't want to subscribe oh my god sorry one second there's no are you serious there's no way for me to exit out of that cool thanks love that for me is some website holding you captive (laughs) yes does it not know we are trying to have a conversation Okay, so tardigrades can be found in almost every habitat on Earth with over 900 described species. Wow. It's been sighted from mountaintops to the deep sea, from tropical rainforests to the Antarctic. Most species live in freshwater or semi-aquatic terrestrial environments, while about 150 marine species have been recorded. All tardigrades are considered aquatic because they need water around their bodies to permit gas exchange as well as to prevent uncontrolled desiccation. (laughs) They can most easily be found living in a film of water on lichens and moss, as well as in sand dunes, soil, sediments, and leaf litter. Wow. So tardigrades have been known to survive the following extreme conditions. Temperature as low as negative 328 degrees Fahrenheit and as high as 304 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's negative 200 Celsius and 151 Celsius. Wow. They ex- they can live through freezing and or thawing processes, uh-huh. changes in salinity, lack of oxygen, lack of water, levels of X-ray radiation a thousand times the lethal human dose. So they could like live in Chernobyl or places like that? Yes. They've also been found in some noxious chemicals, boiling alcohol, low pressure of a vacuum, and high pressure, up to six times the pressure of the deepest part of the ocean. Listen, I am nothing short of impressed. (laughs) Small but mighty little moss piglets. I am so into this. So the, the way that they adapt to this environmental stress is undergoing a process known as cryptobiosis, which is a state in which me- <clears throat> metabolic activities come to a reversible standstill. So basically, they die. They, d- they <laughs> die, but are they, like, reborn immediately? Or do they, like, reproduce? How does that work? So they... they, I, I say die and, like, put air quotes around them because they just put themselves in a state like death. Oh, like suspended animation type? Yes. Okay. And then wait for the environment to become that, that they can survive again. I mean, talk about the evolutionary process working, like, on steroids and then some. Yeah. It says their chances of dying increase the longer they are exposed, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it says live tardigrades have been regenerated from dried moss kept in a museum for over 100 years. Holy hell. Wow. So... When the Earth implodes and the aliens show up, the only thing left are going to be tardigrades. Now, can you imagine, because, you know, these are microscopic little creatures, but if they were larger, like, let's say the size of a guinea pig, much less like a medium-sized dog or something larger than that, these things (laughs) would rule the Earth. 
Oh, absolutely. They're terrifying enough as is. It's like they're terrifying as much as they are cute. It's a very weird, I want to squish it, but I also don't want it to, to, it looks like it might suck the soul from my fingertips. Yeah, it would. Instant, like, gangrene or something like that. Um, <laughs> I think these little guys remind me of, like, a more metal version of the caterpillar from A Bug's Life. Oh, my God. Yes. Whom I love so much. You know what's really funny? Is that I quoted the butter, like the Bugs Life caterpillar this morning, and my husband's like, that was my least favorite character. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He's like, he just wasn't that funny to me. And I said, what was your favorite, the ladybug? And he said, well, obviously. I am offended on behalf of caterpillars (sighs) everywhere. I know. Ugh. They'll turn into beautiful butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) With his like little red mittens. I mean, he was delightful. But yes, that that is all the information I I have as a quick rundown on tardigrades, and I think that also explains why I believe they should be mythical creatures. Yeah, tardigrade for president for sure. <laughs> but I will keep our train rolling, and my next animal sh- is an anteater. Oh, I think that's a good one. I think they are so stinking cute. It is a mammal, <laughs> and. We even though ant is in the name, so yes, it obviously eat, eats ants, but it also eats termites, which is fun. Yeah. What's so interesting is that their next closest relations are armadillos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's even such a species of anteater called the silky anteater, which is delightful. Ooh. Yeah, but think about uh, and I mean the term is very generic because it's applied to animals which are unrelated to it, like an aardvark, pangolins, which I think are also cool. Like, think of an armadillo, but a little bit more pointy. Think of a sand shrew. A sand shrew, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Buffering. I was like, like, she's going to get there eventually. I'm just going to wait it out. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) I'm t- yeah, totally at the point wh- where I'm convinced Pokemon are a real animal. I'm like, yeah, Sam for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. It can climb. It can do it all. It's adorable. They vocalize. They swat. And sometimes they sit or even ride on the backs of their opponents if they're trying to defend their territory, which is very cool. So, like, their opponents being other anteaters? Yes, yeah, let's say if it's um, fighting for dominance over a female anteater and fighting other males. Okay. They have poor sight, but compensate with an excellent sense of smell. Mm Mm-hmm. And the hearing is quite good as well. But I don't know, I think they're so cute. Like, the stranger they are, the more I love them. That's so... I was just going to say, what part of the anteater draws you in the most? Is it the nose? Is it the claws? What what are we working with? Like the claws and the climbing behaviors remind me very much of a sloth. Yes. Yeah. I can see that. And I mean, it's just so unique. Like what other animal looks like that other than, you know, birds with very long beaks? Like you think of a stork or something? Yeah. What other animal looks like that in the world? You got me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> Animal experts 
on this podcast are like, oh, these bunch of idiots, amateur hour <laughs> with long snouted animals. But um, <laughs> but this isn't that kind of podcast. We didn't get a degree in that. Maybe the psychology of anteaters. We should look into it. Start the program. <laughs> but I don't know. They're just like so unique. They're so, so delightful. Everything's delightful to me. Wow. <laughs> See? I love that though. Yeah. It's like having this sense of childlike amazement that like, this thing exists out there in the great big world, and that's really cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still an absolute nerd when it comes to animal facts. I watched the other day, total aside here, mm-hmm. that fucking alligators and crocodiles climb trees. Shut up, really? Yes. So cool. Talented <laughs> diva. Trees. And people that will, like, boat down their rivers, you know, of course you're looking for snakes that climb trees or jaguars, but they also have to be wary of crocodiles and alligators. Can you imagine that, like, you know, just minding your business, chilling on the river, and then suddenly out of nowhere, like, a alligator, like, body slams you from a tree? (laughs) It's like, time to get off this tree. Ba-bam. And that's what's so funny is that they climb them and they sun in the tree, like but a cat. they're super, yeah, but they're super skitterish because they're not as fast on, like, in the trees. Yeah. So as soon as they see humans or other creatures that might, you know, win in a fight, they immediately dive for the water. Like, they're like, oh, fuck, I got found out, and they just run. Yeah, Olympic diver off that tree branch. Tens <laughs> across the board. You know what? Like, during the spring and the summer, uh, there's a pond nearby my home, and they have, like, the yellow little turtles I don't know if it's a type of snapping turtle, but so cute, you know, catching some rays, vibing on the rocks, having a good time, like Mm -hmm. just piles of them. And (laughs) I keep a respectful distance because I'm like, I know it took you a while to get up on this rock or this log. Right. So I'm going to leave you be, but I want to appreciate you because I think you're beautiful. (laughs) And I swear to goodness, like as soon as the turtle and I make eye contact, it's like, nope. And then just like throws itself off this rock or log. (laughs) I'm like, this is exactly what I didn't want to happen. Yeah, it eats itself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like we could go forever on just random animal facts. But let's. Yeah. Number number three. What you got? (laughs) I have at least two left. This one is called the chevrotain. And I talked with S about this before the episode started. So chevrotain are mouse deer. They're small, even-toed ungulates, basically means deer, uh, that make up a family. And they are the only extant members of part of that family. Basically, it's about to get into some severe, deep zoological talk, and we don't need that. What you need to know. (laughs) Don't understand it. Don't need it. Is that mouse deer look like what a kid draws for a dog? It's this shrunken deer body (laughs) on these twig little legs. And then it has like a shrunken deer head with big old eyes. And then what what tops all of this, right? Like, okay, that probably sounds weird to begin with. Uh Uh-huh. Motherfuckers have fangs. <laughs> I I was telling Dee when she was telling me about this, like, how socialites have, like, a chihuahua or some tiny dog in their hand. And I'm like, can you see me <laughs> strutting the streets with this little thing under my arm? Just two goths, two vampires doing their thing. <laughs> so, 
Chevrotains are the smallest hoofed mammals in the world. Can you imagine how teeny tiny it's like a sugar cube or smaller that are little hooves? They don't. Oh my God. Yes. They weigh less than eight kilograms. <gasps> oh. Which to Americans is about 18 pounds. And they. T- <laughs> so that's the Asian species. The African species gets up to s- double that. So 16 kilograms or 35 pounds. Mm hmm. But with an average length of 45 centimeters or 18 inches and an average height of 30 centimeters or 12 inches. (laughs) They're so small. It's like it's stupidly small. But clip-clop though, right? (laughs) So, yeah, they are solitary or they live in pairs. The young are weaned at three months of age and reach sexual maturity between five and ten months. So, basically, these are very, very tiny creatures that live very, very fast. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm I'm scrolling down to see what else I've got here. It's going into, like, ancient shit. I don't need that. But, basically, you have this... Honey, I shrunk the kids version of a deer. Uh-huh. That grew fangs. And I don't even know. <laughs> Google, you know how Google like automatically says, you know, you type in a word and it tries to autofill? Yeah. One of these is our chevrotain real. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> like how the fuck does this even exist? <laughs> I mean, there's some really weird things in nature, but it serves a purpose. Yeah. I, I, oh my God. All of this is just like super, not medical, but scientific words. I'm trying to find, show me like. Plain English. <laughs> plain English or the children's version of what the hell this is. This is nine tiny facts about Chevrotain. <laughs> I see what they did there. Great. So they're not mice, nor are they deer. They are mouse deer share a suborder with deer, which is rumin ruminantia, so ruminants, but are not considered true deer. They have their own family. That family then is the Tragulidae. Tragulidae, Tragulidae. Something like that. Uh-huh. There are lots of different kinds. <laughs> their fangs are fiercer than Dracula's. <laughs> <laughs> They're especially elongated in males, which use the needle-like canines to stab each other. I mean... (laughs) It says, thanks to an extra thick coat and robust muscles around the neck and rump, these adorable fighters are protected from bites during combat. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find ones that are like, oh, this one says they're shy wallflowers. Due to their small size, they are preyed upon by many different animals, lacking mm-hmm. antlers or horns for protection. The tiny animals are forced to lead secluded lives. Mm-hmm. Some species are nocturnal and very rarely seen. They are very shy and often graze alone, only coming together to mate. They communicate with a series of smells and noises. And it says that the timid behavior makes it difficult for scientists to study them. Wow. I mean, think about that. There's so many species that are still undiscovered. I mean, like places like the ocean, what resides in the ocean, but also they're just finding certain species of animals on land, you know, these little explored 
niche areas, right? Or much less yeah. animals that are rightfully skittish for a reason. Right. This cute, this last fact is really adorable. It says, although normally peaceful, a male will angrily beat his hooves when agitated. They can stomp from four to seven times a second. Holy moly, little hooves in action. <laughs> it says this drum roll technique wards off predators and warns other chevrotains in the area that there's danger. That is so fierce. Nature is so cool. They're so cute. It's just, it's stupid how cute they are. I can't do this. <laughs> Can I name another cute but unusual animal? Yes, please do. Okay. So my little beauty of and con- uh, contribution to nature is the blobfish. I don't know. There's something about them that, you know, you just want to hang out. <sighs> Tell me about the blobfish. Yes, I will. So <laughs> they live in the Atlantic, Indian, and Pacific Oceans at depths ranging between 330 and 9,200 feet. Very cool. Unlike oh, wow. most fish, they have no swim bladder, so that helps them keep the buoyancy in the water. Yeah. If they had an air sac present in their body, they would just collapse under the pressure of that water of the depth. Um, So the water is instead used as a structural support, if you will. Yeah. And it's quite a, how do you say, uh, very mindful of how much energy exerts when it moves. But more Mm -hmm. often than not, it does not move at all. So it just waits for potential prey to swim near it, and then it sucks the prey in. Huh. Which, I mean, like, very relatable, right? (laughs) I, too, wish to just stand and have food fly into my mouth. Yeah, I I think I told you that during grad school, I was like, I'd rather sooner starve to death than make myself a sandwich. Because I was just so (laughs) tired all the time. (laughs) So tired. I think, is it like an endangered species? It might be. Almost everything's an endangered species at this point. It's, It's so sad. It's so incredibly upsetting. But little is known about, like, how it reproduces and things like that, which makes it just, like, a very unique species of fish. Yeah, it's – what's really cool about the blobfish is that how you said they use the ocean as structural support. So most people, when you think of the blobfish – it's blobby and gelatinous and doesn't hold shape. But when you go down to the the pressure that its body is adapted to, mm-hmm. it looks like a normal fish. And I just didn't expect that as a kid when I learned that. Yeah, yeah. There's different types of blobfish. Wait, what are the different types? Oh, good question. Um, or at least like how many different types are there? I saw four. Okay. But... So there's the Cycrolutes microporos, so it's known as blobfish or fathead. <laughs> um, and that's like fathead? the one we all think of, like that very gelatinous version of a blobfish. Yeah. Then yeah. there is the Cycrolutes marsitis, and anyone who specializes in these like terms, <laughs> just whatever. Y'all know we mispronounce and everything at least one time per episode (laughs) the threshold has been reached the cup runneth over with that but that's the smooth uh smooth head blobfish or just the Uh blobfish 
And then there's okay. the Cycroleuths occidentalis, and that's the Western blobfish or the Western Australian sculpin. And then there's the Cycroleuths frictus or the blob sculpin. And again, also known as a blobfish. So many categories of blobfish to go around, lots to enjoy and love. Very endearing. Yeah. I, I think they're so interesting. <laughs> that That is definitely... What? So when when did you first hear about blobfish or start learning about them? Oh, God. I think it was late high school or sometime in early college and something okay. that I just found by myself. And at first, I didn't think it was real. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, that like such unusual face. And it's like, holy moly, so much is expressed in that face. <laughs> I relate to you, little man, on a spiritual level. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about okay. you? It's, did you ever see one in an aquarium or something like that? No. I Again, I just – I eat – breathed and slept animal planet as a kid so yeah. i i just was introduced and probably steve Irwin talked about it one day i was obsessed with him as a child <laughs> so i <laughs> i don't know exactly when i've heard about most of the animals i at least either one know the name of or two know at least one random fact about yeah it, it was somewhere in the eight years i spent digesting animal planet <laughs> and i mean hell with a name like blobfish it means what it sounds like, right? It looks like what it sounds like. And I yeah. like that it takes the surprise away from what I'm going to see. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you don't get like blobfish and then see like handsome Squidward. <laughs> Just saying. It is very accurately named. Yeah, yeah. But I love it. Oh, man. Okay, are you... I don't know if you're ready. My body for is the ready. Last. My ears are percolated and ready. Cool. The last animal on my list is the big fin squid. Ooh. Uh-huh. You are not ready for what these look like. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> so big fin squids are a group of rarely seen cephalopods with a distinctive morphology. What it looks like, listeners, is if you imagine the normal body of a squid. Uh-huh. The normal triangle head, whatever. But then, like, 20 feet long tentacles. So, the slender man of squid. Yes. yes. And what's worse is that they just hang out in the ocean with some of their arms outright like this. Like almost if you're T-posing, but then bend your elbows at the at the at the elbow. Jesus. Bend your arms at the elbow. Goalposts. And they just like they're super still and they just hang out in the water. Girl, it I is don't like that. So nightmare inducing. <laughs> I don't know why it reminds me of a Japanese spider crab. Because those things are, like, huge. Yeah. And they're, t like, I I mean, they're amazing creatures, you know, crabs and stuff like that, squid as well. It's a poor thing. Uh, it's a shame that people eat these poor things. But, um. Right. It's ginormous. I'm like, why do these things exist? <laughs> That's nuts. Like, that nature did that. 
It's like, you know what? I'm going to give you these long, skinny legs. (laughs) So the arms and tentacles of the squid are both extremely long and believed to be 13 to 26 feet. Hot Or 4 to 8 meters. The appendages are held perpendicular, creating elbows, like I said. I'm looking at a photo like that taken with one of those, like, night vision cameras. and it's that's the worst. Yeah, it's so scary. It's so freaking scary. And so... Um, it says how the squid feeds is yet to be discovered. Like, <laughs> do you want to make a contribution to science? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to ever see one of these in the flesh. Oh, so the first, the first visual record of the long arm squid was in 1988, and it was in a submarine. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> Just driving through the ocean. I say driving because it's like a car for the water. Yes, it is. And you look out one of the windows. This is my own imagination. You look out one of the windows and you just see like elbows. And then you you just continue down and they just don't end. I hate that. <laughs> Speaking of bows, imagine how impressive this thing would be in a mosh pit. No, they found it. This is what I think makes it worst, is it was off the coast of northern Brazil, and it was at 15,000 feet. Brazil, this is your problem. (laughs) It was almost 5,000 meters underwater. That's where they ran into it. It is dark. There is no light. It's cold. And you just see this, like, ghost alien of creatures sail past. You know what? On the bright side, it is so far away from people that, you know, people don't have to worry about the what ifs of running into such a creature. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this in previous episodes that the further you get into the depths of the ocean, the scarier things become. But right at the same time, the more interesting it is, like the fact that life can exist down there and like thrive <laughs> and like get to these wild sizes is yeah. I mean unreal. So the the video that I saw that made me aware that these creatures exist that I wish I never saw because I could sleep better at night knowing they weren't alive was from November 2021. Uh-huh. The video was captured at a ridge feature off the West Florida escarpment by an ROV. So it was part of the Windows to the Deep expedition. It was found at only 2,000 meters or 7,824 feet, and its size is currently being measured using paired lasers. Um, And there are three species. It's not just one, it's three. You know what? I'm actually okay with that because, one, we won't run into them, and two, like, everything else is on the brink of extinction because people just can't chill so let the big fin squid vibe and do its thing and just live its best life i'm telling you again it's i actually looked it up what was it again what was it how much of the ocean it's like over 80 percent right like 80 to 85 yeah so more than 80 percent of the ocean has never been mapped explored or even seen by humans i'm okay a with far that. greater percentage of the surfaces of the moon and mars have been mapped and studied than of the ocean floor <laughs> do you think like 
scientists just anticipate like, oh man, we saw some of these things, and you know what? That's a no from me, dog. <laughs> Not scientists worth it. Scientists saw the big fin squid and said, I'm out. I'm done. That's Peace. nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't blame them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this I, is well enough alone. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I I love like the theories, the insane theories about what lives in the ocean, like the idea that the megalodon still exists, or the idea that the you know giant squid obviously exists, but the only reason we know that is because, like you said, they washed up dead. Yeah, like, yeah. Blue whales exist. Granted, they don't dive as deep as you know the Mariana Trench, right? But they still dive pretty damn deep. So, like, what else can the ocean hold? I mean, like, I've read articles where it's like, oh, sharks that are a couple hundred years old. And mm-hmm. I I mean, if they get bigger, and they certainly do, the deeper you go, who's yeah. to say that there aren't absolutely ginormous whatever living in the depths of the deepest depths of the ocean? <laughs> who's to say dinosaurs still don't actually exist? Yeah, or the people that believe in Atlantis. <laughs> Right. Right. I mean, if that's your tea. (laughs) This is such a Midwestern thing. In Wisconsin, there's this thing called House on the Rock. It's literally a house built into a rock. And they, I think, have, like, (laughs) one of the largest Santa collections in the world. So if you go there around the holiday season, it's just Santa's, Uh like, Santa blew up and he is everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. And they have this huge exhibit in the house. It's all about model ships and things like that. And right mm-hmm. in the square middle of it, it's a giant scene of a whale and giant whale and giant octopus fighting. And during the holiday season, <laughs> it's like a Santa in one of those old timey swimsuits on a surfboard in the whale's mouth, <laughs> which is fun. But I'm going to send you a photo because like up close, it's really scary. And plus, like during the nighttime, uh, I mean, not nighttime, but they keep the lights dimmed in that Okay. Particular area of the house. And you feel like at any moment these things are gonna come alive. That's the impression that they give. It's like, ugh. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'll send you like a photo for scale. <laughs> yes, please. Walking by like the giant octopus eye and everything. I mean, it is nuts. <laughs> but if you're in if you ever find yourself in the dazzling Midwest, go and check <laughs> it out. It's really touristy, it's like kitschy, it's fun. It's a good time. The Midwest on purpose, mind you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) There's always a reason. No, but it's also like, I guess this is a cryptid that we didn't talk about, or at least it's a cryptid to some religion to others that the Kraken. Oh. Or. Yeah. Release the Kraken. what What is the other thing? What's the sea monster? Like Cthulhu. That's the one. Okay, if you're, like, into, like, HP, Lovecraft, and all that stuff, yeah, Cthulhu. It's, like, very much like Davy Jones. Imagine someone like Davy Jones, but, like, with gargoyle wings, right? It's, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Dark Lord Cthulhu. Uh, it's an octopus, a dragon, and a human caricature. Yeah, there you go. Cthulhu waits dreaming in his house in the sunken city of Rely. But when he wakes up, there will be trouble. (laughs) Just like me. I'm just, I'm scrolling through to see all these. 
Yeah, the kraken. Let's see. So it comes from Norwegian, where it means an unhealthy or twisted animal, but it entered popular lexicon when it was borrowed for one of the main antagonist monsters in Clash of the Titans. Okay, and that's back to the kraken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. <laughs> the reason I know of the kraken <laughs> is from Sinbad. Oh, you had the more classical approach. I saw Liam Neeson as like Zeus being like, release the Kraken. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, that's I I think it's so it's it's fast, it's so cool. I realized when I was editing our first part of the series that uh-huh. I said fascinating at least 40 times. <laughs> Listen, if that's like a game where you take a sip of water, we have some very hydrated, healthy listeners. Yeah, I'm. Hold on, I'm just gonna thesaurus. Fascinating. While you're doing that, can I mention my final animal that should be a cryptid? Yes. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. No, like your big fin squid, it is also a mystery of the deep. It is the anglerfish. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think any introduction is really needed for this thing. It is fierce. It is scary. It is cool. It attracts potential prey with its little uh, lantern thing, the luminescence fin ray. So, I mean, pretty neat. There's all sorts of different kinds, which is scary (laughs) enough. Go on Wikipedia if you want to be unhappy. (laughs) You see the photos. I mean, it's it's pretty cool, but it's also kind of scary. And, of course, they're carnivorous. They have some really good orthodontia. But um, uh, uh, I didn't realize it had like spines all over its body. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty dope ass fish. I'm like, I would not want to mess with it, but it's cool that it's out there. Yeah, and then it's like these horrific images are next to cute little cartoons of it. Yeah. What the fuck is that? But it leaves it more often than not lives in the deep depths of the ocean. So it's not something you're going to see because it has a light. You can guess that where it lives in the water does not receive a lot of light because it just can't uh-huh. go that far into the water. Right? Yeah. yeah. D is just making I'm some sorry. terrified faces right now. Like the more she sees, the worse uh-huh. it gets. Uh-huh. Well, because apparently... It there was a it was washed up on a California beach right. over a year ago. Oh oh my god, I can't I can't look at that. It looks like ah, I have the picture pulled up on multiple pages. No. Yeah, it's it's a it's a scary little thing. I mean, I I take back what I said about the big fin squid. No, that's Diver that's equally bad. Yeah, that's equally Diver bad. I saw the squid and said. It will just lock the windows, you know. We'll keep going through. Yeah, this like on area. an airplane, just slide down the thing. And then, <laughs> and then the fucking anglerfish showed up, and that's when they wrapped it. That's when they said we're done. Yeah, the rest of the ocean can remain unfound. We're we're done. We're good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, but smooth as sandpaper tra- uh, transition. <laughs> I of horror. I hate that. I hate everything about that. As we've said before, nature is cool and sometimes scary. (sighs) Okay. 
Do you have any other animals on your list that should not be real and should be cryptids? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> How about you? No, I, I, I did mine, and now I just, I feel distraught. <laughs> Regrets with a Z. Like, I'd much rather talk about normal cryptids. Like, real world is scarier than myth. It, y- yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, ghosts, whatever. Demons, who cares? Anglerfish? Oh, hell no. Oh, God. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to haunt my nightmares tonight, S. But it's going to be a nice little light, and then you're going to be like, oh, what is that? And <laughs> Well, I hope I hope those of you with marine biology and zoology degrees and other ology degrees enjoyed the episode. You know, and forgive our butchering of terms. (laughs) I feel like most times, you know, people in scientific communities or, or degrees are just excited that people are talking about this. You know? Yeah, yeah. I really hope some like person with niche experience, like studies anglerfish or bigfin squid or uh, moss piglets exclusively and is like, oh, super dope, finally. Right? Like, there are people that could have spent entire dissertations talking about these things, and they're like, someone even just said the word. Like, yeah, yeah dude. Ma- moss piglet representation. <laughs> moss piglet and mouse deer representation. Getting the C, getting the representation they deserve. M squared. Mm. Oh, my God. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you want nightmares, you can look up probably the last two or three that we talked about. (laughs) If you want cute but weird, you know, check out the anteater. Check out the platypus. Check out the mouse deer and its fangs. (laughs) It's a nice touch. Just saying. And And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, shout us out into the universe, send us to your friends, tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do, and until next week, stay alive, friends. Take care, everyone, and stay away from the waters of Brazil. (laughs) 